Welcome to 35 West. I'm Ryan Berg, a senior fellow in the Americas program at CSIS and the co-host of the 35 West podcast. With how professional the Mexican But government. are we ready? Um, I don't reform trends in Argentina. Right. And that's what happened. No role at all in DNAFTA negotiations. Since 2018, the International Criminal Court, or ICC, has conducted a preliminary investigation into human rights abuses committed by the Venezuelan security forces of Nicolas Maduro. Last year, the court stepped up its efforts with the launch of a formal investigation. An ICC case against members of the Maduro regime would be the first of its kind in Latin America and show a powerful commitment to bringing accountability and justice for the victims of human rights abuses in Venezuela. This week, we are joined by Jose Ignacio Hernandez, the former special prosecutor of the interim government of Venezuela and a visiting fellow at Harvard University's Center for International Development. Jose Ignacio joins us today to shed light on the progress made by the ICC in Venezuela and the likely outcome of the chief prosecutor's investigation. In this episode, we will do a deep dive into the state of human rights in Venezuela, the challenges faced by the ICC investigation, and what this case means for the region at large. So thank you very much for joining us today, Jose Ignacio. Thanks, Ryan. It is a pleasure to be here. On November 3rd, 2021, ICC Chief Prosecutor Karim Khan signed a letter of understanding with Nicolas Maduro, pledging the regime's cooperation with an ongoing investigation by the court into crimes against humanity perpetrated by the Venezuelan security forces. Jose Ignacio, can you start by giving us an overview of the scope of the court's investigation and what specific charges might be under consideration. Venezuela has followed a long and widening road before the International Criminal Court. In 2006, the Office of the Prosecutor examined 12 communications concerning Venezuela's situation and decided that there was no evidence regarding crimes against humanity, including crimes of persecution. It was necessary to systematize those crimes to fulfill the requirements of the Rome Statute, particularly regarding the systematic nature of the crime established in that statute. And for that purpose, the Organization of American State, with the leadership of his secretary, Luis Armagro, created an innovative way to advance in that task with an independent panel appointed in 2017. And then 2018 was a great year for Venezuela because two milestones were achieved. First, in February, the Office of the Prosecutor announced a preliminary investigation related with Venezuela, particularly concerning the 2017 mass protest. And later, in May of that year, the independent panel rendered its report, concluding in evidence of gross and systematic violations at least since 2014. As a result, in September 2018, Argentina, Canada, Colombia, Chile, Paraguay, and Peru submitted a referral of the Venezuelan situation. So those were the precedents under which, on 2020 and 2021, the office announced the start of an official investigation regarding Venezuelan gross crimes related to the 2017 mass protest. There are no specific charge at this stage. The investigation will determine those charges, at least regarding gross and systematic human rights violations, as I said, related to the 2017 mass protest and the subsequent events. Jose Ignacio, since this announcement, what progress has been made by the court in its investigations? 
Currently, the investigation is oriented to push for a domestic judiciary investigation following the complementary principle. It is important to recall that the RAM study created a complex system based on the collaboration of the International Criminal Court and the domestic judiciary. For that purpose, Maduro has to demonstrate that at least as a very first condition, the Venezuelan judiciary system fulfilled with international standards to conduct genuine investigations regarding those crimes. Because of this investigation, will determine as this first stage if the judiciary in Venezuela fulfilled with the international standards regarding independence and autonomy. And with this information, the office of the prosecutor must decide if Venezuela has advanced in genuine investigations or, on the contrary, if there has been no genuine investigation. In that case, the formal investigation before the public prosecutor office will continue eventually, to file charge against Maduro and his elite. So understanding what this investigation entails, focusing primarily on security force violations since 2017, let's dig a little bit deeper into the documented abuses that play an important role in building the prosecutor's case. Has the Maduro regime made any credible attempts to improve the human rights track record of the Venezuelan military, and police forces since the announcement of this investigation? Maduro has only advanced in a simulation of justice, with exclusive intention to deter the investigation. Fortunately, there are international standards that allow us to conclude that Maduro is not interested in a genuine investigation. I will mention two of those standards, the systematic nature of the gross violations and the independence of the judiciary. A key concept in the crime established in the Ram Statue is that they should reflect a state policy toward gross violations of human rights. The Ram Statue does not apply to isolated violations attributable to civil or military officials, but to offenses that are part of a state policy. The key word here is chain of command. So far, some tribunals in Venezuela have come as condemned the direct perpetrator of some crimes without advancing in the chain of command. That stopped at least with Maduro himself. And the second standard is the lack of an autonomy in the Venezuelan judiciary system, as I already explained. Currently, Maduro is trying to simulate a broader reform of the Supreme Tribunal, and probably in the next day, we will see an announcement for a more balanced tribunal. But what Venezuela needs is not a more balanced tribunal, but a brand new and independent judiciary system. Uh, regrettably, I need to say that Maduro is not alone in this effort to simulate justice. Some analysts, advocacies, and politicians in Venezuela believe that the investigation of the International Criminal Court must be stopped to facilitate a transition. There are respectable law professors that, despite the illegitimacy of this new Supreme Tribunal law, decided to postulate themselves as judges. Again, those efforts are not genuine, and more importantly, they disrespect the human rights victims. Any reform of the Venezuelan judiciary should be based on the victim's perspective to achieve justice and avoid vengeance. While Maduro has given his conditional approval for the investigation to move forward, it seems unlikely that he will tolerate severe sanctions against him or his government. 
or hand over those of greatest interest to the investigation. And as you mentioned, this process proceeds along a legal principle called positive complementarity, meaning the regime will have a chance to bring to account those identified in the investigation before the ICC takes any action. So let's talk now about some of the potential outcomes of this process. What are some of the potential outcomes of the ICC investigation? What is the likelihood of prominent members of the security forces, or even Maduro himself, going on trial? This will, this will not be certainly a short investigation, and, and it's not meant to be a short investigation. As I explained, the Ram study designed a complex and innovative judiciary system in which each step, including the preliminary investigation and now the investigations, are themselves tools to restore the human rights victims. So there is no rush in accelerating this investigation. On the contrary, I think that the Public Prosecutor Office will use this investigation to push toward genuine reforms in Venezuela. And at this stage, the investigation is focused on the existence of precisely those genuine investigations that fulfill with international standards. And there are only two options in that sense. Whether Maduro insisted in simulate investigations to preserve power or whether he accepts a comprehensive reform. But in this case, a comprehensive reform of the Venezuelan judiciary will imply the end of the authoritarian regime. This is why I consider that the Memorandum of Understanding subscribed between the public prosecutor and Maduro's regime is one of the most important documents than in recent time has been signed regarding the Venezuelan complex transition. Now, even if the investigation does not result in the conviction of high-level regime officers, as you just mentioned, what are the implications or signals that it would send about human rights investigation and accountability generally in Venezuela? Well, the investigations concerning Venezuela is a clear signal towards the new authoritarianisms that act with a veneer of constitutionality. Those responsible for gross human rights violations are accountable in the global law. The state sovereignty and the non-intervention principle are no longer shields to cover human rights violations. More importantly, the Venezuelan case demonstrate that even ruling authoritarian regimes can be held responsible towards the global law. Those are great news for the global defense of human rights. Beyond putting key individuals on trial and using the trial itself as a tool of pressure on the regime, what other tools does the ICC have at its disposal to hold the regime accountable? Well. Again, this investigation is not like any investigations conducted by public prosecutor offices in domestic system. The investigation phase or stage in the RAM study was designed not only as a tool to advance in a criminal case, but also as a tool to hold accountable regimes responsible for gross and human rights violations. Because investigation tends to create the proper conditions to promote genuine investigations in the state that is under the overview of the public prosecutor office. This was what happened precisely, for instance, with the Colombian situation. 
that was improved in part as a result of the investigation of the Public Prosecutor Office. Therefore, this investigation concerning Venezuela is itself an important tool to hold Maduro's regime accountable. As I explained, and as the very first step, Maduro judiciary is under examination by the prosecutor. In the next step, the prosecutor will interact with the victims. Maduro cannot avoid that outcome. He can try to defer the investigation with this simulation of judicial reforms and his more balanced tribunal. But in the end, he and his cronies will hold accountable even during the investigation. And more importantly, the investigation will contribute to restore the dignity of the human rights victims, deferring further violations. This is why we need to explain that despite the support of part of the civil society in this simulation of judicial reform, that reform implemented by Maduro is not focused on the human rights perspective, but in preserving the stability of the criminal elite. And this is why it's impossible that under those institutional conditions, Maduro can advance in genuine investigation that, to be genuine, must be focused on the human victim's perspective. As we've discussed, this is the first ICC investigation into a Latin American country. So this case suggests the emergence of a new more globally-minded international criminal court. Let's talk for a second about what other international bodies and the international community more broadly should and how they can support the work of the ICC. How can other international bodies contribute to the goals of delivering justice and accountability for Venezuelans? What about other regional groupings like the Inter-American Court of Human Rights, for instance? Well, the inter-American system of human rights, including not only the court, but also the commission, has a very important role regarding the restoration of the human rights victims in Venezuela. And I have to mention again a key figure in the Venezuelan case, which is the Organization of American State General Secretary Luis Almagro. I haven't studied the so-called Almagro Doctrine, which is a new doctrine in international law that from the perspective of the inter-American system explain that the non-intervention principle cannot cover gross human rights violations and that even elected governments can violate human rights and therefore they must be held accountable towards the global law. We should recall that when Maduro's cronies committed the gross human rights violations related with the 2017 protest, Maduro was at the time the recognized president of Venezuela. So this is why the Venezuelan case is a very good news, to create barriers to protect human rights and freedom against these constitutional authoritarianisms in the global order. And I am particularly sure that the Inter-American Commission of Human Rights, particularly the Inter-American Commission, will have a major role in the restoration of the Venezuelan human rights victims. And the United States has been supported this approach, regrettably, in the last month due to the complexities of the international order and some deviations, I need to say, in the Venezuelan internal politics, 
maybe the Biden administration has not pushing in the strength necessary to promote and facilitate a transition based on the human rights perspective. But I think that United States government should be deeply involved in this idea of restoration of human rights in Venezuela, because the restoration of human rights in Venezuela uh, is not only an act of justice, according to the international law, is also a condition that will create incentive towards a transition in Venezuela. And the sooner that approach of restoration of human rights from the international law order is assumed, the better position will be uh, the Venezuelans in order to advance in the complex transition that right now, regrettably, seems to be, as I say, stalled due to the domestic situation in Venezuela. Jose Ignacio, can you give us an update on where the case stands now? What are the next moves that we're likely to see? Yes, of course. Uh, at the end of last year, as I explained, the Public Prosecutor Office decided to start this investigation. And at this first stage, the main object is to determine if the Venezuelan judiciary fulfilled with the international standards to conduct genuine investigation. So Maduro's request in January this year, more time to provide information to the public prosecutor office in order to demonstrate that the Venezuelan judiciary fulfilled with those standards. And the public prosecutor office decided to grant a three-month period in order to allow Maduro to gather the information. And, and that lapse will do on April 16, 2022. So this is a very important day. April 16, 2022, Maduro has until that day to provide information to the public prosecutor office about the reforms of the judiciary. And this is why Maduro is so interested in organizing his new brand, more balanced Supreme Tribunal, because for sure he's going to arc on that day, again, April 16, 2022, that with the reform of the tribunal, supreme law, and the reforms of several criminal law, now Venezuela has an independent judiciary that fulfills with international standards. And again, this is just a simulation and not a real comprehensive reform of the judiciary in Venezuela. Jose Ignacio, is there something that we did not cover? Anything else that you would like to highlight or add? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to explain a particular dimension of the Venezuelan complex transition. I have insisted that Venezuela is not a case of a political transition. It's not a case in which we need to solve how to change an authoritarian government by a democratic one. Uh, regrettably, the Venezuelan transition is a complex one because it has to do with a criminal elite responsible for gross human rights violations and also responsible for transnational and kleptocratic uh, offenses. In Venezuela, recently, there has been an attempt to reduce the Venezuelan transition to a political one that could be achieved, for instance, through elections, considering that according to the Venezuelan constitution in 2024, there should be presidential elections. <laughs> well, I suppose that according to the Afghan constitution, there should be some elections soon, but I bet you nobody will propose 
that a constitutional event like an election is a solution for the crisis in Afghanistan. So we, Venezuelan, we need to understand that Maduro is not only an autocratic elite, it's something even worse. This is also a criminal elite that has advanced in gross and systematic human rights violations to preserve power, and now they are held accountable toward the International Criminal Court. It is impossible, I insist, impossible, due to the level of destruction in the Venezuelan state, that the domestic judiciary can address those crimes through genuine investigations. Therefore, we will need the support of the international community, the ICC and the Inter-American Commission, among others, to advance in the path of justice, reparation, and reconciliation. Rigged presidential elections will not achieve those objectives. Jose Ignacio Hernandez, former special prosecutor of the interim government of Venezuela and visiting fellow at Harvard University's Center for International Development. Thanks for joining us on 35 West today to explain more about the ICC case against Venezuela. We appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. My pleasure and thank you so much for the invitation. For you, thank you again for joining. Stay tuned for the next episode of 35 West.